Yeah, there was a new. There was actually a new uh, New York Times uh, story that dropped today about uh, t- Trump's tax returns and how in June, when he was basically broke, June of 2016, he just magically got 10 million dollars from somewhere, and it was from a uh, shell corporation with no employees connected to a former associate of his that owned some casinos in Vegas. Nice. And what he got in return for this was uh, basically the go-ahead to build um, a high-speed rail from Southern California to Las Vegas that the Obama administration wouldn't okay. Why so for ten you mil- do that? Damn. Well, because, yeah, I don't know why Obama didn't do it. I didn't look into it. Um, I'll take that bribe any day of the week. That's just good for everybody. I mean, like— Yeah, but, but on the other hand, like if we're building, you know, high-speed rail— in California or, you know, around there, like the, the priority rail line does not need to be Sacramento to Las Vegas. I agree, but I'll take it. <laughs> Genuinely, any, any new rail line, I don't give a fuck what two cities it connects. It's just like, yes, let's have that one. That's like they, um, we had a high speed rail line that got approved in Florida that would go from Miami to Orlando, uh, and maybe like a little joint attachment to Tampa. I remember that Florida has like uh, rail transit, but it's really only for people transiting drugs because <laughs> you really just have to go from the train station in like Port St. Lucie to Miami and there's five <laughs> stops along the way and that's it. I don't, I've never met someone who rode Florida commuter rail. Uh, Me either. It used to be a big thing all the way up until like uh, the early or mid eighties or something like that. There used to be like a legit Florida commuter rail thing. And so that, that was like, uh, a ballot measure. So the voters put it on the ballot, passed it to say like, yes, we want the high-speed rail Miami to Orlando. We're a tourist state. No-brainer Disney to Miami Beach. That's great. Maybe one day we extend it up to Atlanta. And it was like, yeah, that would be fucking awesome. They bring it almost to Atlanta, but it stops at Stone Mountain. That's the terminus. <laughs> I mean, keep in mind, like, when when the federal government built MARTA, the Metro Atlanta Retro uh, Transit Association, so they're like, the federal government came into Atlanta and said, it, what the fuck is wrong with you people? How does this goddamn city not have any rail at all? We're just going to build it, all right? Like, eat a dick. It's happening. And so... That was actually Strom Thurmond that said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Strom Thurmond uh, was, took his Aricept and his Naminda and came out from his like slave's like bedroom and said, yeah, eat a dick about this. That's my new character, Woke Strom Thurmond. <laughs> there's one thing i hate more than miscegenation it's car-based transit <laughs> all right i don't i don't agree with everything he says <laughs> strom Thurmond was big on bringing it back to the the horse and carriage which is what he remembered from his childhood you need a divider between the bike lanes and the car lanes just like you do between the races <laughs> i want to introduce my good friend joe biden <laughs> oh god <laughs> Northeast Atlanta is Gwinnett, and they're like, yeah, sure, having a rail line up here is great. Northwest Atlanta is Marietta, and the car dealers and the racist whites were like, no, you cannot bring the train up here. You cannot bring any kind of light rail this way because it will just flood flood the suburbs of black people, and no one will need cars. And so that's how that happened. That's they're going to come Marta- to Johns Creek and take all of our unseasoned chicken breast from us. We can't let it happen. As a matter of fact, Marta does go to Johns Creek. Uh, maybe learn your Atlanta geography. No, thank Rob. you. <laughs> okay. What Pass. is what do what do the racist white suburban people in Atlanta say it stands for again? Oh God, moving Africans rapidly through Atlanta. There you Marta. go. Yeah. That was that was the first thing I heard when I was in Atlanta from a white person. When I was like, "Hey, you have rail? That's cool." Like like you got off the plane 
<laughs> they're like, hey, you gonna the take... yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. They think it's uh, hilarious. Doesn't even make any sense. Every single train line, SEPTA has that fucking people just in Florida. They're just like trains. You know, black people use those and come up with racist acronyms. It's like, have you ever been on a train or seen a train? Uh, at this point, no, most of them haven't. There aren't any in Florida that are worth getting it's on. It's like the sort of racism that's just, it's as unfounded as every other part of their worldview. But you could just go down to the train station and look. It, <laughs> it's just like uh, consultants and boat shop owners going to in-state conferences and trade fairs. That's the only people <laughs> <Yeah>. riding commuter <laughs> transit. <laughs> Oh, I got, I got to say, so in Atlanta, so uh, Marta, basically the middle of Marta is in the center of Atlanta and it goes north, south, east, west. All right. That's literally all it goes. East Atlanta. That, in is fairness, like, that does cover a two dimensional plane pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> like cr all credit where it's due there. You got it. <laughs> um, East Atlanta is nothing but like middle to upper middle class white hipsters that now have kids. And so. Like the east to west rail line on the nights the Atlanta United soccer team is playing, like it's incredibly popular. And so, like, that's like the worst, like, most stereotypical thing that in the southeast, like, a bunch of like wealthy white, like, mid 30s soccer fans are supporting public transportation in the city. That's great, honestly. Better than that, having them on the road. That's what public transit should be. Every type of D-bag gets to use it, and regular people too. I have to say, uh, soccer fans in Europe, absolute mess. Soccer fans in the United States might be one of the better groups of fans in terms of politics. Like, aren't the Timbers pretty good? I know Timbers the, are really hard left. MLS is banned. Uh, all like the hard right people. They're like, he, no, you can't come in. Even NASL, uh, if, if they're still around. I remember going to Fort Lauderdale Strikers games and just a big family. It's just like you and 700 people, the, the most welcoming. It makes the fucking Grateful Dead shows look like standoffish compared <laughs> to like minor league soccer. And they did like a walkout for Black Lives Matter. Like soccer is generally... Pretty good the, the bar US, is yeah. fucking low. But yeah, but it, soccer in the states. Than the other is, yeah, so in Atlanta, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pimp the Atlanta United. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pimp Atlanta soccer. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. So like obviously Atlanta has a huge Hispanic population and a huge um, Indian population, right? Indian Pakistan huge population, and they all love soccer. So you have like uh, this like the huge white hipster population that's like, yeah, soccer, we're going to be like Europe. But then like the real fans that know like what to do and cheer and how to do it. And they're all coming on like Wednesday nights to uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium where the Falcons play. And they're selling it out on uh, 70,000 people on a weeknight are showing up. No one sits down. They scream the whole time. And it's like incredibly Black Lives Matter positive and no races can show up. And the best part about this as a Panthers fan is that on a Tuesday night in the week, the Atlanta MLS team gets more fans showing up than the Atlanta Falcons do, who is their NFL team. <laughs> Good. Their soccer team never made us watch Matt Ryan. And for that, <laughs> they deserve everything they get. Correct. Uh, oh, to, to end cap it here, the Florida high-speed rail passed, and then the Bush, Jeb Bush administration in Florida and all the Republicans in Congress spent four years dragging their heels and not starting construction put it back on the ballot, spent millions on advertising about how it was destroying everything and destroying jobs, and it got killed. I mean, to be what? fair, I kind of agree with that one case because it's like putting, it's like you're fucking bringing, calling people in to go like, check it out. I'm putting neon lights 
all through this cabin, the Titanic. It's like, yeah, no, that would be pretty cool, but it's going to be gone real soon. I wouldn't worry about it. You're building high-speed rail to move people more efficiently and in a, a more environmentally friendly manner through an area of land that you are simultaneously destroying by your destruction yeah. of the climate. So, yeah, yeah that will be flooded and gone. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's like you've put on a fucking nicotine patch and then you still smoke two packs a day. If they had actually built the rail in the late 90s, early 2000s, like maybe the amount of pollution from Florida wouldn't have been as bad. Wouldn't have done a thing. Yeah, no, Florida's I, I, bumboro I, time. Maybe a little bit. That's true. A little would probably be a little bit better. Uh, but and uh, having an example of high speed rail in a what is honestly a red state that people like. That's the main one. It's like no one actually has access to trains where they're like, oh yeah, no, this is this works for me. Yeah, but that's because that would just cause people to. People would literally just roll coal to the, the train station and be like, ah, look at me, luxury. And then fucking... That That's would... still an improvement. In general, my, my approach to infrastructure is basically what China does every time there's a recession or depression, which is like, who gives a fuck? Just build more infrastructure. Like, yeah. more hospitals and schools and rail is always a good thing. Like, like China literally bad. just builds cities. Like, China's like, okay, uh, this new place in the middle of nowhere, this is going to be a 200,000-person city. Uh, who wants to come build it? You will get money. Like, and it works. And the people are like, oh, they're going to have inflation. They've been saying that for 30 fucking years. Yeah, like, where's China's, the inflation? China's plan is to build, like, build new landforms, and then once they're stable, do improvements and fortifications and infrastructure there. Uh, Florida's plan was as this thing is sinking have a cool train which that just i never believed it was going to happen all florida state projects are always just like entertainment just something to have on the ballot because they, they never follow through the, the government's set up that way i mean it's yeah. like how the lottery was supposed to all go to teachers and florida has i mean when we were in florida it was ranked 50th in education yep. you could go to northern alabama public schools and be like God damn, they learn a lot here. There is a moment, there is a moment where GW Bush, Texas, and Jeb Bush, Florida were 49 and 50 for education. Hell yeah. <laughs> we did it. I dated someone once uh that a year and a half in, I found out had never heard of Napoleon. They were an honor student at a, at a, like, <laughs> a, a good high school in Florida, but it's still a high school in Florida. Yeah, it's I'm not here to shit on Gerondists, dude, who are like, you know, still lamenting the Jacobin purge. Like, maybe that's your thing. That's fine. But I respect that person's commitment to what should have been a more moderate approach to the French Revolution. <laughs> yeah, I probably would. Look, I am usually the dumbest person. And actually, exclusively, I'm, I'm the dumber half of any relationship. <laughs> uh, so i i very well could have misread that and be like napoleon who like they, they just... <laughs> this bitch like fucking loved austria for some <laughs> reason like she's just that. into the 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 ancient regime <laughs> <laughs> so uh but like i think that you know when we talk about rail and i think rail in the southeast is an incredibly good goal but the rail in the southeast needs to go from essentially like the research triangle to Charlotte to Atlanta and then split and one half go to Birmingham and the other half go to Athens for drunk fucking 
like Georgia Republicans be able to go to UGA games, you know, on Saturdays, and then everyone forget that Florida exists. And if you want something that's going to be successful, you can also have a branch that goes to Savannah because I mean, Savannah's fucking great. And clearly if you're in Savannah, you can't drive anyway, and you're certainly not driving home. So just get on a train. Like that's well, how you do that in the Southeast. A lot of that is kind of difficult terrain. I mean, I, I like your idea. I mean, look, I, I'm all for building infrastructure uh, everywhere that isn't about to sink into the ocean and filled with Floridians. Those are two <laughs> good reasons to not give infrastructure projects. Uh, but I might just propose a uh, high-speed rail, just simpler, start simpler. Just do uh, New Orleans to Nashville to Brooklyn. That, that way we can more efficiently colonize the South and elevate their grits recipes. Listen, I get wanting to go like... You're in Savannah's Brooklyn, no you're point. Like, it's the job is done. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you're like you're like I want to get drunk. I'm gonna get to Nashville. Like no, I want to get drunk. Okay, I'm gonna stay on this train and get to New Orleans. I like I understand that. Like I appreciate that. If you start drinking basically at like Maryland, you'll be the right <laughs> amount of drunk by the time you hit Nashville. And if you keep going, you'll again be the right amount of drunk by the time you hit yeah. New Orleans. If you're not blackout drunk in New Orleans, you're sober. Like, you're getting asked to drive. And if you're not blackout, but you can barely talk and, like, you can't even look straight, then you get pulled over, the cops are going to be like, you're good, son, yeah? If you can't even talk and you can't look straight, you look like everyone else in fucking Tennessee. <laughs> I was I'm here. I know this. It's terrible. The cop's just like, yep, there goes another average citizen. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, everyone loves board. This is Rob at Dumb and Awful. This is Brad at Fizz for Shizzle. Oh, yeah, Brad, how's your puppy doing? I, s I see you just got a puppy, first of all. First of all, she's doing great. Her name is Adelaide. I love her, and I am willing to defend her. <laughs> so come at me. What, what, what kind of dog is it? Uh, Adelaide is a full-blown Aussie. Blue Merle, right? She's not a blue Merle. She's a, she's actually a red. Um, oh, my bad. Do you think yeah. this version of Thirst Pick will work for you? <laughs> I notice you do you do a lot of me and scrubs working at the hospital late hours, and then me deadlifting, <laughs> and you're like, how? What am I missing? I'll adopt a puppy. <laughs> so like, I'm not I, I'm not trying to like thirst trap on Tinder or anything. I think at this point, just I've on moved. Twitter. Yeah, I think I've moved on to like mid thirties white guy who's trying to get like a brand going on Instagram. You know, really? Because <laughs> here's the thing: I can't tell if you're joking because all of your behavior indicates that is in fact true. Give me the the contrapositive here for that being true. I think you know. And as we were talking about this, and they they say that like when you you first see your first child as a male, like your brain literally rewires immediately, like in a second. You go from like I'm a dude, like fuck it, let's just like go drink, until like oh my god, I need to stay alive. And you know what? I like this little puppy. She's pretty cool, and I would like to bring some light 
to people on Twitter. All all like twelve of my followers can see her and be like, "That is also a cute." Puppy. Well, that's good because I've been on Twitter in a lot of like leftist spaces, and you almost never see people posting their dogs five to ten times a day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish that someone could figure out uh, why cats want to lay over your laptop. Yeah, but uh, as far as we know, there's no scientific answer to that. I mean, it's either, you know, a post. If you, you don't have to post about anything, I get it. But if you're going to post, I'm like, well, let's see. Seven times today, I uh, re prescribed a bunch of 12 year olds uh, Adderall, or you can see my puppy. And so I think most people will be <laughs> like, concerned with that. Did you, did you pay for this puppy? From a breeder? I, di- I did. Well, she wasn't a breeder. She was actually a nurse that uh, just sort of came across some puppies, and we came across... We we, we had, like, another dog we were going to get, and it fell through, and it was, like, very traumatic, and, uh, and my girlfriend was very upset. And then this dog just fell into her laps, and it just happened very, very quickly, and now we have her. So That's a heartfelt story. Well, while you were saying it, I was thinking... I actually had... I legitimately had the thought, like... Bro, you're fucking distributing Adderall to 12-year-olds? Like, don't most people grow past that by the time they're, like, 17? And I realized, oh, yeah, no, he's a medical professional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to be like, grow up. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, so I have Adelaide now. She's nibbling on my toes as I speak, and she's uh, literally Hitler for uh, eight hours a day, and it's great, and we love her. Wait, literally Hitler? She's, she's like, well, I mean, she's not like literally Hitler, but you know, she's pretty nuts. That would be a big crazy. find. <laughs> you have to alert Mossad immediately. Just full on Venture Brothers, the soul of Hitler's in a dog. No, what did you mean by that? Oh, she's crazy. She's insane. She destroys everything she sees. That's a weird way to describe. Like, I know a good deal of of people you might describe as like uh, a little a little crazy and and destructive or self destructive. I've never been like, oh, oh my God, Ashley. Oh no, she's fucking like Hitler. <laughs> That's never the the reach for mentally ill crazy. Well, I mean, he also walked in and Adelaide was posting tweets to Cuomo and De Blasio about how those goddamn Hasidic Jews are causing the plague to get worse. What the fuck is going on with that? <laughs> Please, somebody explain that to me. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's not going to make any sense. It, it, That's like, it Addy, matter. get it's off very, Twitter. Stop it. Jesus. <laughs> it is very dumb. Now, now, they claimed that targeted Trump ads had instigated this, correct? Oh, that's horseshit. No, that's already been disproven. Okay. I, I mean, Cuomo also claimed today and, and had it immediately disproven that, like, he, like, played a robocall where it was from a, a Trump person encouraging folks to uh, bring signs to the protest that say that Cuomo killed thousands and actually holding me accountable for signing off uh, directly on the deaths of more New Yorkers than Muhammad Atta. If you call me on that, you're actually doing Trump's bidding. And so you're, you're a little bit of Republican. Fuck Cuomo. Yeah, and then people were like, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure Black Lives Matter... And the Hasidic uh, MAGA people are collaborating to highlight <laughs> your fa- I think we all just noticed all the fucking corpse trucks on our street because you sent people who currently had COVID back to their nursing homes by the thousands because you didn't want the in-hospital numbers to look bad because you were trying to sell a book. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is, isn't selling well. It's out now. 
It's doing pretty well with investment bankers. Shock. Uh, because he's giving speeches there and they're buying all of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah buying 10,000 copies of you know, skirt like campaign finance laws. Yeah, exactly. No, I was going to say, speaking of uh, Cuomo's terrible political book, the only one that I political book I've read in the last two years was Kamala's. Guess what's relevant again? Turns out you don't have to... You don't have to like her. She doesn't have to run a campaign. No one really has to vote for her. She was designed to be the president, anointed by the DNC a long time ago. So, uh, uh, designed is the right word. Deal with it. But that. yeah, but no, but you like, have if to you agree, she's she's flipping epic. Uh, she's a meme factory. You're saying she was designed. Like I never, you know, looked at Kamala Harris as somebody who was like preordained, not in the way that someone like Pete Buttigieg was. You know what I mean? Like. She, I think she, Kamala has way more of that than, than Buttigieg ever did. She's a California prosecutor. I mean, it's just like, these are your two uh, class specializations you can do in this <laughs> game. Like, when you sell out and become essentially a DNC lich, Podesta blesses you with one of two paths. Either uh, deep state CIA or uh, immiserating uh, black and trans people. And she didn't fucking want to leave California, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> she just thought, I'll disappoint my progressive father uh, right here in the state where I live. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, for Kamala specifically, you know, you think about who these ghouls that are coming up to the DNC or whatever, and they all have Hillary Clinton ties. Like, Kamala really doesn't, you know. She's sort of, I mean, like, she's a fucking cop, like, fuck her or whatever. She kind of did her own thing, you know. Clinton doesn't have a lot of pull in California. So like as far as like the oh it was always the plan to put Kamala on, you know, and like put a put a senile, you know, stroke victim who's going to die 10 minutes in office and let her just sort of like squeeze in. Like I, that doesn't really make a lot of sense I to me. I don't think because- it wasn't a squeeze in thing. I mean, if you remember early on in the primary, Kamala was seen as a front runner. Like not too old. You know, she's not a Joe Biden. There wasn't much enthusiasm over him. Remember a fucking Obama didn't even want him to run it's like please for the love of god you don't have to do this but she wasn't too young and an experience like old uh south bend uh cia smurf pete buddha judge she was right in the middle but without being progressive like liz warren or a, a radical anarcho-communist like they painted uh bernie sanders and so early on it was it was all this like Kamala fever and check out her doing a cool dance and look at all the energy and look at all the Midwestern white people that are just like, I don't know. I think she's epic. And then nobody fucking voted for her. Her campaign never allowed anyone to vote for her because it was horribly mismanaged. She was is rife with nepotism. The California Democratic Party is absolutely insane and they all wanted their uh, yeah, her a- sister literally ran it into the ground, which they, is hilarious. They all wanted yeah. their fucking uh a- agents in there. So it you had uh, absolute backbiting corruption you had nepotism and then you had ian sams uh when you say oh there's no hillary people hot sauce ian sams was her press sec and it was all going to work out using the same game plan until they ran out of money and then the fucking times article started going out going actually um it turns out we nobody noticed this, but this is a fucking shit show from start to finish. So, oh well, to Kamala, and they had to go to Biden. But it, no, but, they, but you no know they didn't they go to Biden, Biden was first. The fucking guy, right? Like they didn't go to Biden first. Like you're forgetting, like you know, like Kamala Harris's campaign was dead months before Iowa, 
right? Oh, she yeah. looked good in the second debate where she flat out said, hey, Joe, remember those policies you endorsed? They would have, like, stopped me from getting to school. And then people were like, damn, Kamala's, like, here to win it. And then they asked her, like, so, Kamala, what do you think about literally anything else? And she couldn't answer the question. I mean, yeah, the, reason so- Amy, the reason Amy Klobuchar became, like, a big thing was because Kamala collapsed so hard. Exactly. So, like, for, That's you, what but, I'm like, for me, but, like, what I'm, what I'm saying is that, like, we're saying that, like, Kamala was not ordained by the DNC you know in 2017 or anything she is like whatever we will not know why kamala was made vice president for like fucking years how that call happened or who I mean, was the second in control of that kamala is not a good like was not a good choice she's no, just no, I agree. she's I, there I think now it, I, I think the part that i agree with with rob on this one is that she is part of the the younger younger she's fucking in her 50s the younger class of like totally dead-eyed ghouls that the dnc is like listen we don't want to give up power but when we are dying this is who's allowed to take over yeah the the new avengers of the dnc are that class and they really thought early on it was gonna be kamala and the fact that she flamed out might have uh helped her because it meant when it was time to consolidate it was like does anyone really give a fuck about klobuchar and pete Buttigieg? i mean significantly more than cared about kamala but they were able to brush them out of the way and pair their uh, their young choice with the safe electable choice. I, I still think they're going to wait on Kamala if uh, literally riots hadn't broken out in Minnesota because that that's what caused them to drop Klobuchar. No, yeah, so, I, so Klobuchar was dropped because she had pardoned the cop that shot George yeah, Floyd. Exactly. Like so, she understood that. Like I can't be there. I don't think if you're if we're talking about like you know the young ghouls that are rising in the DNC, and you're talking about like the Hakeem Jeffries of the world, then you go to Cory Booker, right? Because the Democrats the Democrats don't care about California politicians past Nancy Pelosi, who's just been there for half a century and like will never leave. Like they they want people in her orbit. And so as far as like I don't think Kamala Harris was preordained at all. I think that was a they settled on her and. I, for VP, I think I think she was yes, absolutely for VP. They've absolutely been trying to groom her up to see what she can win. Once she I won mean, the what, Senate seat, they were like, "All right, let's see what we can do with this." She was supposed to be Hillary Clinton with less baggage, and yeah, when it didn't work out, they had to go other directions and then had to settle. It wasn't like they're like, "We'll get her in one way or another." They thought it was just going to be like Kamala fever, never caught. And then when it came time to pair, they were just like, "Well, given the current circumstances." Uh, has to be a woman, probably shouldn't be someone that sided with murderous cops. Uh, Susan Rice is tied to Obama. Fuck it. Blank slate. Kamala, she'll say whatever. Even Stephen Colbert, who is professionally obtuse, was able to go like, yes, you just say anything on any debate for whatever, right? And she was like, yes, that's right. Like She has no charisma, yeah. Well, she. Was, yeah. I, I think it was like, at the beginning, it definitely felt like they went... All right. Well, if we need another Obama person, i.e., someone younger, right? Which in their head is like, cool. We'll we'll go with one of these people. Uh, it who, was a it woman like who was were, older than Obama was when he was yeah, exactly. president. But they were like, well, we'll go with someone if if we have Biden out there as our quote unquote front runner. But you know, nobody trusts him because he's an idiot. So if if we end up with one of the younger people, it'll probably be Beto or Kamala. We're yeah. okay with that. Yeah. They're right. Like one of these people, if they if they manage to figure it out, works. And then Beto. Somehow flamed out even more spectacularly than Kamala, what? which like bravo. Well, he, he so, did. So, he was a dumb guy who took stands versus Kamala, who was just like again a, a 
just cold-eyed psychopath with no <laughs> stands, and one of those has more longevity. Like, right. The the funniest thing about Beto, and I said this earlier, was that like not only did he, you know, sell out, like he he passed up a Senate seat because he could fucking beat John Corn in this cycle. I'm I'm gonna say that 100%. he lost to Ted Cruz. I get it. If he doesn't run for president and just keeps his head down, he beats John Cornyn. I'll say that all day. Um he came out when he was like doing this ridiculous long run shot for the president and came out against gun ownership, period. Like, bitch, what the fuck do you think your move is from here? Like, are you trying to get a cabinet level position or a vice presidency because you just killed your career in Texas? That was like, awesome it, because there was that early stretch where all of them went like, fuck, we have to be progressive. This is what people want. This is how you're going to have to win. And, and all of that, like, mid-tier who are like, well, our whole vibe is we just change our policies to meet the needs of the day. And if the needs of the day are progressive stuff, then, like, all right. That's how Kamala, that's part of why she flamed out, because she changed her answer on Medicare for All literally every day. Every time she was asked, <laughs> she had a different question. Because she had, she she was like, she was thinking, like, well, do I really have a chance to court the big money here going into Iowa? Or do I need to, like, just, like, make a stand and, like, and then she managed to do neither. And it somehow fucking worked for her. Yeah, Kamala because- Harris dropped out before Super Tuesday because she knew she was going to lose her home state to Bernie Sanders. Something Liz Warren should have realized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beto, Beto doesn't have Beto didn't have the identity that the DNC pretends to give a shit about, and he had takes for better or worse, and that's strike one and two. Kamala, the the shoe fit, and she'll say whatever you tell her to. So, I mean, it, it made sense. She dropped out before Super Tuesday, I think, wisely because now we actually there is no national picture of how people feel about Kamala Harris, and so the media can just spin it into like. Epic meme faces over and over. Oh my! Look, she's wearing Tim's when she gets off the plane. When she goes to looks at the devastation caused by California wildfires, that she never fucking did a thing to help. This stop. shit is so deranged. Like I, I say this a lot, but it's just like I, I think like half the people on Twitter and on political programs have just never seen a, a black person before, because like I was, I saw so many. Uh, which of these epic reactions uh, is you? And it was just literally like the de- from the Veep debate. It's literally just like twelve stills of a black woman looking at something, like that. Yeah. She wasn't even making faces. They're just like, oh, there she goes. She Kamala ain't having none of that. Just like white women with uh, notorious RBG tote bags and thug yoga shirts that say like Namaste, bitches, who respond to every fucking epic Biden meme with black woman react gifts just lusting over like you said her tims and how effortlessly inherently cool kamala is and and how she doesn't take any bullshit it's there's like a weird covetousness to to all of it yeah it's like a creepy like thirsting like you know uh i don't know never mind i'm not gonna say that that's creepy um but like i will say no no no, because here Whatever you're about to say is not creepier than the actual thing. I literally, I thought the Hillary is my abuela thing was pretty fucking odd. But there are literally people trying to get Mamala started. Right. Mommy Kamala. These people, I don't know how they are identified. Like the imaginative world that Kamala Harris lives in in these people's minds. I have no ability to conceive of other than the fucking modality where they're just like, you know what? She reminds me of my nanny because that's all the stuff that they fucking project yeah, onto like, her. But there's this thing like like going back to like, you know, fucking slave south where like they would fetishize black people. 
And like when you're looking at what like Kamala Harris and like the reaction from like your 60 year old like estrogen supplement resistance Twitter white woman who's never worked a day in her life is saying about Kamala. It's like, oh, God, this is fucking weird. Like this is a fucking prosecutor. You guys are like lifting up and putting on a pedestal. There appears to be some amount of racial divide and uh, class divide around how people react to Kamala Harris. And it seems like if you are someone that maybe makes less money or uh, has ever engaged in activities of the sort that Kamala would ruthlessly lock you up for, including uh, you know, the crime of transitioning is something apparently she doesn't approve of. Don't forget uh, having a kid and not having a job. Uh, you know, the show lock you up for that. Poor mothers, yep. Yeah, if you're in the group that is traditionally threatened by Kamala, uh, you are not posting stills of her frowning and going like, this is me in every meeting. This is me when my ex-boyfriend talked about infinite jest. Like, no person is doing that but people with, like, blue checks and national platforms, which makes me think it has to come from a place of imagination and not, like, lived experience with the actual human being that is a high-powered California prosecutor that locks people up and has absolutely no stated beliefs that have persisted. I was going to say, within the VHP debate, one of the things I really liked is, in general, if you're the sort of person who watches debates, you're a pervert. Everybody knows this. Uh, you're a special kind of pervert if you love watching debates. If you watch a Find VP another debate, way to get off. If you watch VP debates all the way through, like you are deeply perverted. That is uh, the, watching the VP debate is the equivalent of like combing through your carpet for a spare crack rock, I imagine. You are just so hooked on this now that all, you've debased yourself and sacrificed your humanity like a fucking son of Cain in order to make it through one more night of political bloodlust. Do you really need to see fucking, you know how hard up these people are because a fly landing on someone's head was like, Oh, is this the most epic thing that's happened in 2020? No, no, it's not. But as perverted as that might be worse is watching that VP debate, which a lot of people did. And what ended up happening is most people went, Oh, that's right. This is what politics looks like when there's not someone with actual charisma or policies up there. Trump has charisma. Like you might hate it or not, but like the man has charisma. Joe Biden has personality, right? Most of it's slipping away because he's not lucid yeah, anymore, yeah, but there's personality. Mind, yeah. Oh, yeah. Obama has actual charisma. But this was, oh, this is what the default looks like. If they just get up there and it's two dead-eyed ghouls talking policies, this is what it looks like. And the the most perverted people were the people who saw that and went like, oh, my God, she's just crushing him. No, nothing's happening. People are so bored they got excited about a fucking fly. That's all you need to know about the debate. I think think, think the worst thing to me about the debate, and I watched it because I'm a fucking degenerate, was that, you know, when when— like we we watched Trump just like railroad Biden and it looked horrible and it played terribly and I'm not I don't want to get into like what limb politics or whatever but like it was pretty clear that like Pence was going to do the same fucking thing which is so bizarre because he's such a nothing of like a corporate religious Republican from like 1993 that like the whole him trying to be like a tough guy speaking over people was never going to go well or look good and it he's didn't like a look less good. assertive Todd Aiken. but then when he was interrupting you know kamala harris 
uh, she was just like, excuse me, I'm speaking. And then didn't say anything else because she was absolutely just trying to get a clip that they could put on Twitter of like a person asserting their right to have fucking terrible policies, but it's okay because I'm a female. And like Pence just kept going, like never answered a question, never slowed down, didn't even listen to her. And people are like, man, what a queen. I'm like, like, God damn it. Ask for more from politicians. Yeah, the fact that people praise this debate, like not just pundits, but you know, again, the sickos at home. There were people that praised this debate for being normal. Uh, like, oh, back back to normal uh, politics with, with some decorum, uh, which should be a clear sign of like the type of surface level culture war battles that we're going to have to relive for the foreseeable future in this country. Like, this is what normal politics looks like. Like, yeah, Trump is a monster, get him out, et cetera, et cetera. But like, this is what the next four. I feel like I don't even need to live the next four years. We're just going to play uh, liberal beat mania. Like, just give <laughs> give me the fucking the pop and music buttons. Give me like eight buttons, and we can just go and hit each one. Where it's just like, you know, we need to get the fascist out of office. It was third party voters. The midterm elections is where we can finally shore up things and get things done. Oh, the filibuster. If we repeal it, then uh, the Republicans will use it against us. The Supreme Court, we have to uh, we have to respect their their ind- independence and sacred role in our democracy. Like we're just gonna do the same exact shit. We might go to war and then rehabilitate whoever fucking killed all the civilians. It's just gonna be the same exact thing because at this point, neither political party is interested in offering any policies of substance. It's just culture war while the capitalist duopoly just fucks us all. The the idea of it going back to normal is funny to me because. That con- it can't like it, it well it's uh, that but also incoherent the 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 reason uh we got 08 obama trump and bernie is because people desperately need something fucking different right like it none of this is working for anyone and things just continuously get worse so denying them that outlet denying them the ability to get someone who at least like gets them kind of excited for any fucking change at all and being like, no, what you get is a bland nothing. That's all you're ever going to get. Just means that like uh, the Republicans will find one person with charisma and they'll fucking demolish the Dems. Like that's that, that is what you're setting up. Defaulting back to, we have no policies. All we have is personality cult that tells you I deserve the job, not what I'm going to do with the job or how I'm going to use the power or I'm taking a public office and thus there's some aspect of service that's required of me. It's just setting you up for further populist figures because this shit sucks. And I'm with, honestly, I'm with right-wing people on that one. This shit's so terrible. Why wouldn't you vote for somebody even if they seem monstrous just to fuck up the system? Yeah, but what what you're doing right now is very rude, um, and it's not the sort of thing we do in the United States, uh, best country number one, which is you outright you outright called for some accountability on the fact that they're supposed to be serving us as public servants. You can't fucking say that anymore. You, your candidates represent you. They're another consumer choice. They're one of the few ways you can let people know that you're one of the good ones, however you define that. And any sort of, it's like Cuomo saying, you can't talk about all those people I killed or you're helping the other side. That's less and less. It, it's never going for people. It, it's yeah. Cause you need something. Things yeah, are so, too bad. Like yeah, people so, need something. Yeah, you know, eventually, but, but I, it's, that's up against the fucking, they need something now. They're only going to win. 
off of a default. That's literally how they will win this cycle if they win. It's, yeah, and that's it's what they're trying to defaulting. do. Yeah, yeah exactly. and 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 you, and you, you know. Well, I mean, I'm, ag- I'm agreeing. I was agreeing with oh, you yeah. though. I'm I'm saying that I'm saying that if you can't actually offer policies because you can't have those discussions in any meaningful way because you don't get any input from constituents just donors and anyone that goes hey well what about this you're like how dare you proffer something that wasn't already the on the table uh that makes us look weak and you know there's an election coming up because there's always an election coming up if you can't do anything it just comes down to personality and embodying the office and you can play that lane of success because nobody worships their president more than fucking Americans. Like right. the, any propaganda that you see, our elected officials, like there's wild sh- shit all over the world, right? But from people laying their hands on the Supreme Court to fucking weeping on the ground for RBG and and uh, Trump master plan. And it's, it's like we've replaced the fight scene from gangs in New York where we all fight to death over like Pope bad with like, what if president bad? And as long as someone can just energize people uh, with their personality, that's always going to win over not discussing lib policies that are never meant to be implemented anyway. Yeah. I think, uh, and back to what Brett was saying about like, you know, people voted for Obama in 08 or Trump in 2016 because they needed something. And like they gave them a reason to believe that something else was possible. Um, we're staring. And this is a political article, and it's from a few, about a week ago. Uh, one in three now believe that violence could be justified to advance their party's political goals, and yeah. that's where you are. Like when you fail for so long, people are going to decide. You know what? Maybe we should just vote from the rooftops. Maybe we in this and there is a wing of the right wing, and I can talk about the history of this forever. But there is an element of the right wing that has been there for years and are ready and are ready to do it. They just had a bunch of fucking dumb white hicks in Michigan who were going to kidnap the governor and no, only failed because they were so fucking stupid and couldn't pull it off. No, like, no, they didn't. Have you read the affidavit? Sir, have you uh, read the documents? Is that, is Sir, this I where, have the documents. Is this where they the said, uh, like, in their in their Discord, they were just like, so who's up for kidnapping? Yeah, and if you read the affidavit, uh, nobody replied to that because they're like, that's a fucking weird and extreme thing to say. It, th- what happened to them appears to be what happens to every Like, the FBI just is so fucking rich and bored now that they can just find any group of people that are mentally ill and disenfranchised and get them to uh, purchase bombs from one of their undercovers. That is uh, when they launched the arrest is uh, they had an informant who was sort of pushing them towards more and more extreme things while wearing a wire. And eventually they said, well, we, we uh, what about kidnapping? If, if we don't just kill her, we could, we could maybe like kidnap her, but we got to do something because this whole system's got to go. And they started talking like, anti-government and so the guy was like i'll tell you what you need you need to talk to an undercover fbi agent who has explosives why would you need someone with explosives if you're doing a kidnap it makes no sense it's incoherent Mm -hmm. except along the timeline of a traditional dea atf fbi uh find a dumb guy and charge him with terrorism type sure they're trying to like get him to buy like explosives because that's a whole other level of like federal like your fuck charges yeah, because what they would be otherwise, and this is how I disagree with you, is like, yes, the the right looks very scary when they're all kitted out in their fucking soap from Call of Duty cosplay. But they, I mean, they've infiltrated police departments and they do their 
evil systemically, but that none of these fucking people are ready for mass scale violence. They're just as alienated as everybody else. Like these it, guys are, you're right. There are fucking dumbasses that, but for the intervention of the FBI wouldn't even had access to explosives or fucking, they would have just kept bitching and making cool videos of them doing tactical roles at the range, which is what the affidavit seems to uh, indicate they were doing prior. Okay. So I was wrong, but I'm, I'm thankful that I was educated. <laughs> Thank you. Oh no. I mean, look like the, the right is clearly insane. We got people running over protesters. We got people shooting people in the streets. We got Christian organizations fundraising for the, the fucking Kenosha killer. Kenosha killer. Yeah. Like the right wing is absolutely insane, but they, they aren't, we saw what happened when they thought Antifa was coming to piss on the Alamo or whatever. You got a bunch of guys that can't, that was it. Uh, you got a, you got a bunch of guys that like can't run the mile just like sweating under the weight of their gear in front of the fucking nearby GameStop. That's part like, of why the vehicular assault thing is so popular. You don't oh yeah, because it's truck. air conditioned. Yeah, like uh, that's but, the like, way. Yeah, as an American, that's the way to do slaughter, which is like inside a big steel vehicle while Steely Dan is playing. Just, yeah, just hit that accelerator Woo. and wow. pretend. Why? Why are we bringing Steely Dan into this? First of all, <laughs> uh, they did several great albums, and I'm sure they do not want to be associated with this. No, but I, I I agree with the basic idea that like... All right, sorry, Brett. I need like 10 minutes real fast. Oh, okay. I've got a puppy. Sorry, I'll be right back. <laughs> yep. This is why sometimes I don't like the traditional politics check because we get sucked into like some of the dumber party stuff. Yeah, whatever. It's it's variety though. I you suppose. Know, we, get, we can edit it down. And also it is variety. Like, you know, some, like not everything we do has to be the exact same tempo. And um, I don't think, I don't know. Don't think it's interesting. No. I think, I think it, it doesn't, the interest level for that stuff doesn't last that long. Also because it's trotting similar ground to pretty much everything. Oh, we should just leave this. Hey, listen, listener, uh, tell us if this is good or if this is, we shut the fuck up about electoralism. That's kind of variety. This is like a fourth wall break variety. No, I might kill us. Oh, I like that. You're killing everything. I like this one you're killing. Well, you like the Kamala back and forth? I like it to a point. I just, at a certain point, it's like, who cares? I mean, like a not insignificant chunk of the country. No, but the, 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 like, she handpicked or not, like, who gives a shit? That's cl- You're in the minority with that opinion just on this podcast right now. Because mm. clearly Brad, Brad just went off and I was in it. I guess. I just, I don't know. I feel like how the sausage is made stuff is so, I don't know. No, I find, like, I find like it frustrating. What? I find yeah, it frustrating. Say, say more about that. This is like a deep... This is like an episode of Sopranos where you're like, Sopranos, yeah, they're doing mob stuff. And then for then Tony goes like deep into his feelings and fears for like 30 minutes in a, a, a dream sequence. Why is it frustrating? Oh, it's just, I, I find like so much of the electoral stuff in general obviously is fucking irrelevant, right? For basically everyone because you can't change any of it. But like the sausage made horse trading stuff, especially I find frustrating some coverage is, is needed just to like, if you're in the context of politics chat at all. But I do feel like 
it it causes us to fall back into the way the oh, larger think, media yeah. and 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 the 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 fucking political parties at large prefer you to discuss politics, which is the personalities moving within a system and like we're trying to figure out who is who's being chosen. Uh like like it's an organization that like we're predicting the movements of and tracking and not like public servants who should be owing everything to you and pushing policies and stuff. Like it's just it, it buys in a little too much to like personality as politics, I guess is what frustrates me about it. I get that like it makes sense to talk about it because it is literally how the DNC is run. It's a hundred percent run on personality internally too. Yeah, just who likes each other. What you just said is a controversial statement currently because Ugh. it's not challenged by most media sources. So even though it's like a painful fucking chore that just makes us unhappy, someone has to fucking it, look, it, it's it's like a fucking Zerg rush. It, it, if enough people do this shit it certainly makes for a homogenous and, and boring podcast listening environment where you're just like hey my favorite 12 leftist podcasts are all talking about the fly on pence's head oh, jesus like that shit sucks in the instant case for us the already converted but we're always saying how like the best thing in the world would be if there were literally 500 uh prominent leftist podcasts that we're all fucking doing the fly thing because then whatever particular vicissitude of commentary worked for you uh, could serve to radicalize you. And the shit that doesn't work for you works for other people. There's, there's leftist pods that I just fucking do not get. It's not listening to a bull for me, but I will recommend it to other people because I'm like, yeah, this isn't exactly my speed, but I think you might be into this, right? Mm -hmm. Like... It it sucks subjectively, right. you know, but like it is part of a a yeah. media force. A little uh, try to take back the narrative apparatus that we always claim to be building. But what were you saying, Brad? Also, the puppy's good. Yeah, the puppy's fine. She's eat, she just shit and she's eating now, so everything's great. Um, I was thinking about this earlier this week, and and someone we were I was having a political conversation, and someone was like, "Well, that will never win." Like, you can't win with that. And I'm looking at this person, I'm like, you're a fucking, like, low-end healthcare worker like me. Why are you talking about issues, like, as what can appeal broadly? Like, that? why why are we approaching things as in, like, well, what issue can win? Like, why aren't you the person who was at the bottom of the fucking pole with me, not saying, like, you know what, this would make my life better? Yeah, it's also and winning it's, for the group of a thousand or so uh beltway party employees it's not actually winning like you said for your own interests right and and so it's like how poisoned have we become by sports and like the nfl in this country or whatever where we have to approach every like you know talking about healthcare, which is like something that approaches you personally as in like well i don't think this can win like i'm i'm, I'm not going to push something that would make my material uh everything better because i don't think this can win you know at a national level Oh, yeah. One of the things you said a few weeks ago, like more and more becomes true about this stuff, which is like, one, yeah, we totally fall into like the horse trading chat that the media has laid out for us. I definitely think that's true. But the, the, like the monkey see monkey do thing where it's just like, oh, we're talking about the election now. Well, how have we learned to talk about the election? Mm. Horse trading style. And now you're no different than anyone else. Yeah, exactly. But I, I what is encouraging that like keeps happening is the rise of social media and, and cameras on everybody's phone is it forces other things into the mix that like the larger media it 
doesn't want to discuss. I uh, I was thinking about it because you said something about that with like the next war is going to be terrible because every single thing will be broadcast. yeah the next war is going to be on social media. I uh, there yeah. there is now like a trend. I mean that that is becoming the case with everything. Like I think you're 100 percent right on that. But there's now a trend like within the military. One of the ways they managed to make military propaganda work so well and get people on board with the like our troops are the bravest heroes ever and you should suck their dick is that they only ever put military people. Whoa. Is that, is that part of the real oath to the constitution? You, you Damn straight. To? It's the miss Mr. Show uh, <laughs> sketch about lawyers, but for the military. Well, you, <laughs> oh, you think winning a court case is about arguing law. You're a great general <laughs> Patton, but let me ask you, do you suck dick like a Montgomery? <laughs> part of the way they get away with fetishizing military people and making, you'd be okay with wars and all these other things is because you don't ever get to talk to young enlisted people, right? Like the only people who are ever put in front of your screen are a bunch of old fucking generals, people who have no relation to actual on the ground combat who like, it's always in their best interest to be at war because it makes them look cool and good and powerful. Right. There is a super common trend now of enlisted dudes in the barracks being like, so how did your recruiter lie to you? Like, what would you say if you could talk to your recruiter? And all of them look 17, 18, like, because that is what yeah, enlisted yeah. people fucking look like. But every single one of those that pops up is incredible because it it chisels away at, like, the the way you view a specific group or the way you view how things work in this country where, like, the military is all 30-something, 40-something dudes who are, like, buff and, like, maybe beardy and they're all spec ops. And it's like, no, they're that. They're people who look like kids that are baby faced because they just got out of high school who are miserable because they've been lied to by recruiters and they're only in there because they're poor and desperate. And every single one of those, when they go around, you know, talk to everybody in the barracks, there's always three or four dudes who like at 18 already have the like thousand yard stare where they just look like the trapped, like trapped fucking animals. And yeah, they realize what has, what they've just signed up for. Exactly. Like I, I, I love that that is becoming a thing because that is, that is what enlisted life is like. And you know, I know the, I know the TikTok you're referring to where they're basically just going, somebody is randomly. And I, I don't know how this was allowed to happen within the army, frankly, um, where he's just going around inside of barracks and is like, Hey, what would you say to your recruiter? And every single one of them almost to a man is like, go fuck yourself. Fuck you. Like, you know, Hope you thank die. me for my <laughs> service. Yeah. And like, you know, that'll never get on CNN. Like MSNBC is never going to play that. But you know what? Those 15 and 16 to 17 year old kids that are coming up through high school right now are going to see that video. And they're going to be like, you know what? No, fuck this. Like, you know, that means more to me that all these yeah. guys that I look up to who are older than me who are like, no, don't fucking do this. That that means a lot to them. And that's a big fucking deal. Yeah, sort and of I, that. yeah, and I wouldn't, I would not be surprised if TikTok is banned by the U.S. Army and Twitter, like in the coming days, because that video went fucking nuts. That's like the fifth one I've yeah, seen. Too, it's a genre yeah. of video now, which it sort of reminds me. There's echoes of the lost generation uh, writing and getting into media after World War One, uh, where prior to World War One there was this idea of like hussars and Prussian cavalry and valiant charges and stalwart defenders and ser serving with honor as an officer or dying nobly. And then everyone got to World War One and they're just like, "Yo, this shit sucks a lot." <laughs> and uh, when this ends, we're all gonna say how bullshit this was in our own respective medias, right? And people were like, "Yeah, yeah, we are." Uh, and that sort of demystified. War I mean, that and the fucking machine gun. Uh, it took some of the shine off of you know the the bullshit 
propagandization around the valor of going to war and war as a concept and and jingoistic fucking militarism and when people see tiktok now this is a generation that also feels like there is nothing available to them yep. and they take one of the routes available and it's already just life-altering manipulation leading to your destruction and here they all are on the the social media of their choice which is tiktok apparently uh and like whatever i'm not here to judge that. you know yeah yeah it's it's that stuff's honestly Good. incredible i love seeing that because this this for me felt feels like i'm hoping the last election in which the boomers could be whipped into enough of a there's enough boomers and gen x left who watch cable news and cable news worked in lockstep to whip them into a frenzy to drive them to vote for the exact person that they told you to while giving you absolutely nothing in return i don't think you can manage that i think this is the last time you can pull that off yeah i guess the question is uh and this sort of comes up when people are like can you pull biden to the left like obviously no yeah, i mean not. they for two cycles in a row they soundly consolidated and defeated the social democratic challenger the, the question is, is the left defeated in a countrywide American political sense where we're sort of rebuilding from the ground up? Or are they just defeated in the minds of the overwhelming horde of boomers? And in fact, a few elections from now, with them all off the table, we see much more radical policies offered. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. They might just be defeated within the Democratic Party, which is fine. Fuck that stupid party. Uh, that's probably for the best anyway. But it's like Brad said, there, there's polling that's like, that's not even just right-wing specific where a third of people are like, yeah, violence for politics makes sense. Like, that's part of what happens is you shut people out enough for long enough and you do it in ways that are obvious that it's not the will of the people. And, you know, the, the reactions to that are varied and probably not what you, the person in charge of the system, would like to see. I wonder how much of that, I wonder how long that status quo could have continued but for covid because yeah. media and propaganda has done a really good job even when especially when your material uh circumstances are so fucked with providing narratives and scapegoats like people were fucked in 09 like the vampiric shit was going on for the last 10 years but there was always some story that wasn't i was thinking that the government on both sides just does not give a fuck about you at all and will not take action. Uh, that was like a fringe belief. It's like, oh, what are you, fucking hysterical about this yeah, shit? Yeah. Now with COVID, it's like, wait, there's a literal plague. Every other country is doing shit. We're doing fuck all? Yeah. A and it's direct. I know the hundred people responsible. They don't give a fuck about me. Why am I? That, I think, is breaking the spell more than actually the failure of, of American policies to enrich the lives of its citizens because we've been doing that for fucking a while it's also like right. uh you know it's a it's a matter of degree i think 08 was the last bit of wealth left in what was the middle class was finally robbed of people so there was nowhere else to go right since then it's been like a steady immiseration kept alive by the stock market rebounding and, and money being pumped back into the system. But there's nothing now. Like, you're seeing it. There's there's nothing in the system, and they're not willing to give you anything. Not to be a Maoist third-worldist here, which, again, I don't know what it means. I'm not going to look <laughs> it up. Uh, despite all that, most Americans still had a house, a car, cable TV, that sort of shit. When even that 
vanishes for millions upon millions of people, that is where you start to see uh, more aggressive political action being considered because now there is truly nothing to lose. Yeah. I don't I don't think house was true anymore, but they most of them had a place to sleep. At yeah, least. it's a shelter. Yeah. yeah. You a comfortable place that like, you know, you weren't worried that, you know, what's what's happening in two months. Yeah, exactly. That's that's gone now. I just like to to point out that uh the the figurative has become literal in that we have a clock on the wall that as we've been recording this podcast just gave out and stopped. <laughs> it's just been frozen in time. <laughs> you were saying earlier you wanted more diverse topics. Does anyone have a any grab bag stuff that you I'll just say, okay, I'm getting the wrap it up. I'll, yeah. just, I'll just say shout out to Melania. Uh, I, she rocked it up in my esteem uh, when they leaked those tapes of her, and I realized she's just uh, a, a Slovenian wife. <laughs> like, tried, Fuck Christmas. They, Fuck yeah, Christmas. They, they tried to turn that into like some sort of, of horrible scandal, and it was like, what did she really say? She was like, she... She basically, like all Slavic wives, she hates her husband deeply, but has fully inherited his worldview. <laughs> She's just like, yeah, I don't care about really anything. Uh, I guess he says that Obama started it. I don't know. That sounds basically true. People were like, you need to go down there. What the fuck am I going to do? I'm the first lady. This is a meaningless position. I'm, I'm not going to do anything. There's laws and, and like powerful people. I'm the fucking wife. You know what I do? I do Christmas. And who gives a fuck about Christmas? <laughs> huh? And all the all of the Dems that were just like, you know, for so long have been like Republicans uh, uh, grasping their pearls over the war on Christmas were like, I can't believe this, this potential Russian agent wants to come after Christmas now. It, it just, it hit all the right buttons for me. Melania, I'm, I'm sure you're a disaster, uh, but but you, you make me feel like I'm I'm out sitting by a campfire, just uh, warmed and illuminated by the ever burning coals of your resentment. <laughs> Melania, uh, I know you're listening to the show. You are free to come on anytime you would like, and we would love to hear your stories. More thoughts about how meaningless the first lady position is, please. Melania doesn't listen to this or any podcast because like Malkavians in the world of darkness, all Slavic people uh, communicate over a neural network, <laughs> sort of like a, a distributed madness network. That's why when you try talking to a Slav on the street, they're so taciturn. You think you think that they're just they have no interiority, but really they're just communicating across dimensions and, and borders. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this has been Brett Rinlesport. That was Rob, a dumb and awful. We had Brad at Fizz Fishizzle. All of that's on Twitter. Uh, the show account is at Dumb Awful Show. Check out bonus episodes on Patreon. Yeah, this was a weird one, but you know it's it's. What, what we talked about during this we did hit record and talk for the normal about this is what came out i don't know <laughs> but yeah thanks for listening y'all